Hey, Drunk Mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the Drunk Drunk Dracula Gals. Gals. (laughs) Do you like the accent I did? I had no idea you were going to go for the accent, but cool. I know you didn't. Cool. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So this is chapter two of Bram Stoker's Dracula, celebrating the month of Drunk Dracula Gals, also called October. Yay! And Dracula is public domain. Hello, intellectual property lawyers. We still love you. And if you want to sponsor us, oh, you no. never know. They might. No, no, nope. They won't. All right, fine. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Back to Transylvania. Yay! So now that we finished chapter one, we can start doing my favorite thing recaps yay and i kept this one shockingly short so you ready we'll see (laughs) here's your chapter one recap so chapter one introduced us to jonathan harker your typical late 19th century british ravenclaw accountant who isn't exactly having a good trip because the trains are running late and the natives are restless quaint but restless and really intent on giving him the evil eye heavy metal fingers and who can blame them because this dude is more focused on collecting recipes for his pinterest board or at least for mina's pinterest board because she'll have nothing more to do than try and track down paprika in 1890s london and what the hell like there's a ton of paprika mentions in this chapter anyway jonathan continues to write in his diary and basically complain that everything would have been much better if this could have all been put into a spreadsheet. But you know what? It's about to get a whole lot worse and no spreadsheet is going to help him now except to keep track of exactly how fucked he's going to be. Good job. You did keep that short. Right? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's pretty easy. He's just being a a little baby. So anyway, let's go. (laughs) And you had to throw in that he's a little Ravenclaw accountant. (laughs) You know, we pointed that out. So let's... He did his research. He did. He absolutely did. Mm-hmm. So, all righty. Um, you want to go, go first or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay, <laughs> fine. Throw me under the bus. I, I am because I did the recap. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Here we go. All right. May 5 or 5 May, as he, he's written it. <laughs> in case you can't figure that out. <laughs> For whatever part of the world you're in, we got you covered. <laughs> I must have been asleep, for certainly, if I had been fully awake, I must have noticed the approach of such a remarkable place. In the gloom, the courtyard looked of considerable size, and as several dark ways led from it under great round arches, it perhaps seemed bigger than it really is. I have not yet been able to see it by daylight. So Ravenclaw trying to fucking verify the size. <laughs> when the calash stopped, the driver jumped down and held out his hand to assist me to alight. Again, I could not but notice his prodigious strength. His hand actually seemed like a steel vice that could have crushed mine had he chosen. Then he took out my traps, which is another word for bags, and placed them on the ground beside me as I stood close to a great door, old and studded with large iron nails, and set in a projecting doorway of massive stone. Very quaint Airbnb mentioned this as a key feature. I could, have, I could see even in the dim light that the stone was massively carved. Uh, but that the carving had been much worn by time and weather. As I stood, the driver jumped up again into the seat and shook the reins. The horses started forward and the trap and all disappeared down one of the dark openings. Basically, he's taking it to the carriage yard. Ah, okay. I stood in silence where I was, for I did not know what to do. Well, yeah. (laughs) Of Bell or... Yeah. (laughs) Bueller. Bueller. Of bell or knocker, there was no sign. Through these frowning walls and dark window openings, it was not likely that my voice could penetrate. Bueller? The The time I waited seemed endless, and I felt doubts and fears crowding upon me. What sort of place had I come to, and among what kind of people? What sort of grim adventure was it on which I had embarked? Yeah. Uh huh. Ask mm-hmm. that question again a little bit yeah, later, it makes buddy. You think twice about a business trip next time, <laughs> right? Was <laughs> you want this me to a go where? 
<laughs> was this a customary incident in the life of a solicitor's clerk sent out to explain the purchase of a London estate to a foreigner? Oh, we get a little glimpse of why he's on this trip because he didn't mention that Mm-mm. in the first chapter. So nope. we're getting a little bit of explanation of why he's going on this trip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Solicitor's clerk. Mina would not like that. Solicitor, for just before leaving London, I got word that my examination was successful. And I am now a full-blown solicitor. I began so he, to... He, pa- mm-hmm. he passed the bar. Oh. So he went from basically being a paralegal to a lawyer. Cool. Good for him. Yeah. 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 Good for okay. him. He studied hard. He yeah. got oh, that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Cool. I began to rub my eyes and pinch myself to see if I were awake. It all seemed like a horrible nightmare to me, and I expected that I should suddenly awake and find myself at home with the dawn struggling in through the windows as I had now and again felt in the morning after a day of overwork. But my flesh... (laughs) Yeah, but my flesh answered and the pinching test, and my (laughs) eyes were not to be deceived. I was indeed awake and among the Carpathians. Mm -hmm. I can't say that sober. All I could do now (laughs) was to be patient and to wait the coming of the morning. Yeah, I can't drink while we're recording this because I have to get in the car like as soon as we're done recording. I know. It's so sad. (laughs) Oh, it's so sad. (laughs) I cannot be (laughs) drinking through this experience. (laughs) Well, there's always the next chapter. (laughs) Just as I had come to this conclusion, I heard a heavy step approaching behind the great door and saw through the chinks the gleam of a coming light. There was the sound of rattling chains and the clanking of massive bolts drawn back. A key was turned with a loud grating noise of long disuse, and the great door was swung back, which, I mean, I get it. (laughs) Some houses, like some people just never use their front door. They always use like the garage entry or the side entry. yeah. 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 Same for us. You know, we park in the garage. So that's mm-hmm. the door that we use the most. Yeah. Yep. Within stood a tall old man, clean shaven, save for a long white mustache and clad in black from head to foot without a single speck of color about him anywhere. He held in his hand an antique silver lamp in which the flame burned without chimney or globe of any kind, throwing long, quivering shadows as it flickered in the drought. Uh, drought? Draught? Draft. Uh, that's a funny it's spelling a 19th for century draft. spelling, yeah. In the draft of the open door, the old man motioned me in with his right hand with a courtly gesture, saying in excellent English, but with a strange intonation... Welcome to my house. Enter freely of your own will. He made no motion of stepping to meet me, but stood like a statue, as though his gesture of welcome had fixed him into stone. The instant, however, that I had stepped over the threshold, he moved impulsively forward, and holding out his hand, grasped mine with a strength which made me wince, and an an effect which was not lessened by the fact that it seemed as cold as ice, more like the hand of a dead than a living man. Again, he said, Ooh, I, I have to point out, he said, enter freely and of your own will. Mm-hmm. That's and like an he important. Made no move across the threshold. He waited till you came across the threshold, bitch. Yeah, that's yep. an important detail there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Welcome to my house. Come freely. Go safely and leave something of the happiness you bring. <laughs> The strength of the handshake was so much akin to that which I had noticed in the driver, whose face I had not seen, that for a moment I doubted if it were not the same person to whom I was speaking. So, to make sure, I said interrogatively, Mm -hmm. Count Dracula? (laughs) He bowed (laughs) in a courtly way as he replied, I am Dracula, and I bid you welcome, Mr. Harker, to my house. Come in. The night air is chill, and you must need to eat and rest. As he was speaking, he put the lamp on a bracket on the wall, and stepping out, took my luggage. He carried it in before I could forestall him, because he's strong like bull. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, one thing to note here, and we can talk about this later, is the whole notion of hospitality mm -hmm. and the rules and politeness and etiquette surrounding hospitality because it really still yeah. was a matter of survival in those days. Yes. And, you know, we talked about that in the um, Penelope episode. Yep. Yep. I remember so, that. Okay. Um, I protested, but he insisted. <laughs> Nay, sir, you are my guest. The accent's just changing with every time I read it's it. It's okay. <laughs> it is it's late. It's okay. It's a little accent. It's not yes. a problem. It is late and my people are not available. Let me see to your comfort myself. He Just trying to get a good Airbnb review. <laughs> right. He insisted on carrying my traps along the passage and then up a great winding stair and along another great passage on whose stone floor our steps rang heavily. At the end of this, he threw open a heavy door and I rejoiced to see within a well-lit room in which a table was spread for supper and on whose mighty hearth of a great fire of logs freshly replenished flamed and flared i i get that you come in from a cold day mm -hmm. and and there's like a good source of heat you're like yep. yes <laughs> well but also this is very much a trope that we find in fairy tales too cuz like if you remember beauty and the beast when okay. bell's father Mm -hmm. uh, enters the castle, he finds, um, he finds a room and like dinners and a fireplace set out for him. So, <gasps> oh, you know, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the count halted, putting down my bags, closed the door and crossing the room, opened another door. This is a lot of stage direction. Wow. <laughs> he halted, put down my bags, closed the door, crossed the room, opened another door, which led into a small octagonal room lit by a single lamp and seemingly without a window of any sort. Passing through this, he opened another door and motioned to me to enter. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it was a welcome sight, for here was a great bedroom, well-lighted and warmed with another log fire. Also added to, but lately, for the top logs were fresh, which sent a hollow roar up the wide chimney. Now, I love that sound of a mm -hmm. fire roaring up a chimney. Yes. Um, the Count himself left my luggage inside and withdrew, saying before he closed the door, you will need, after your journey, to refresh yourself by making your toilette. I trust you will find all you wish. When you are ready, come to the other room where you will find your supper prepared. Did he just tell him to go potty? Uh, no. Making your toilet? Your toilette. Toilette? Yes. Is, is this... It, it didn't used to mean potty. It meant... Uh, you know, wash and brush up, sort of a grooming, you know, wash oh. your hands and brush your teeth. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, All right. You'll, you'll see that mentioned many times in 19th century literature, like, and they're not okay. talking about doing a duty, <laughs> but I'm sure there was a duty hole somewhere right? <laughs> in this uh, suite of rooms because, yeah, and it went all the way down to the bottom of the castle where it like wow. flowed either into the moat or a lie pit or yeah. Okay. All yeah, kinds so, of interesting things about yeah, that might toilets. be a deep dive topic, perhaps of the history <laughs> of toilets. Like, oh my god, when, I have a book on that. I, like, I literally do. I know you do. It's like, mm -hmm. when was the first toilet as we know them today? So, don't answer it now. Anyway. We're going to keep reading. Well, there were the Romans, I'm just saying. Right. Okay. The light and warmth and the Count's courteous welcome seemed to have dissipated all my doubts and fears. Having then reached my normal state, I discovered that I was half famished with hunger. So, making a hasty toilet, I went... <laughs> sorry, toilet. <laughs> I went into the other room. I found supper already laid out. My host, who stood on one side of the great fireplace, leaning against the stonework, met a made a graceful wave of his hand to the table and said, I pray you, be seated and sup how you please. You will, I trust, excuse me that I do not join you, but I have dined already and I do not sup. Uh-huh. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh-huh. Dined already. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Some human jerky. <laughs> I handed to him the sealed letter which Mr. Hawkins had entrusted to me. 
He opened it and read it gravely. Then, with a charming smile, he handed it to me to read. One passage of it, at least, gave me a thrill of pleasure. Oh my goodness. I must regret that an attack of gout, from which malady I am a constant sufferer, forbids absolutely any travelling on my part for some time to come. But I am happy to say I can send a sufficient substitute, <laughs> one in whom, in whom I have every possible confidence. He is a young man, full of energy and talent, and doesn't have gout, and in his own way, <laughs> and of a very faithful disposition, like a dog. <laughs> he is discreet and silent, and has grown into manhood in my service. I bet he has. Oh my he God. He ready to attend on you when you will during his stay, and shall take your instructions in all matters. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're Do not going to re read into that. Positive reinforcement. I'm just saying. The Count himself came forward and took off the cover of a dish, and I fell to at once on an ex excellent roast chicken. This, with some cheese and a salad and a bottle of old Tokay. I don't mm -hmm. know what Tokay is. It's a kind is. of like wine. Okay. Of which I had two glasses, was my supper. During the time I was eating, it, the Count asked me many questions as to my journey, and I told him by degrees all I had experienced. Why am I so tongue-tied today? Uh, you know, because you're not drinking. Because I'm not um, drinking. Tokay is, so I just Googled it. It's the name of a <laughs> wine from the Tokay wine region. Oh, in fascinating. Yeah, bordering on Slovakia. It's a sweet okay. wine, probably more like a Riesling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yay. You know what? I want to see if I can find a bottle of that. <laughs> Should be fun. <clears throat> by the time I had finished my supper and by my host's desire had drawn up a chair by the fire and begun to smoke a cigar, which he offered me. Damn, bitch. Right? Um, at the same time, excusing himself that he did not smoke. <laughs> I had now an opportunity of observing him and found him of a very marked physiognomy. Oh. Okay, what does that word mean? Physiognomy physiognomy is um, appearance, okay. but it's almost sort of like a pseudoscientific way of expressing, you know, the appearance okay. or what a person looks like. Got it. Okay. His face was a strong, a very strong aquiline. 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 Mm -hmm. Whatever. With aquiline high means like... Um, bridged, uh, very angular, sharp. Ah, uh, okay. With high bridge of the nose, of the thin nose, and peculiarly arched nostrils. Oh my God. What is, like... You know, nights were long and they didn't have Instagram. <laughs> Jonathan, we don't need this much detail. Oh, yes, with, you do. <laughs> with lofty domed forehead and hair growing scantily round the temples, but profusely elsewhere. His eyebrows were very massive, almost meeting over the nose, and with bushy hair that seemed to curl in its own profusion, the mouth was I, mouth. I mean honestly his eyebrows I wish I could have that much body in my actual hair <laughs> the mouth so far as I could see it under the heavy mustache was fixed and rather cruel looking with peculiarly sharp white teeth Ooh, these bum, bum. Bum. These protruded over the lips, whose remarkable readiness showed astonishing vitality in a man of his years. For the creepy. rest, <laughs> yeah, so creepy. For the rest, his ears were pale and at the tops extremely pointed. The chin was broad and strong, and the cheeks firm though thin. The general effect was one of extraordinary pallor. Power. It, I need it, vodka. I can't <laughs> talk today. What the hell? Right? Hitherto, I had noticed the backs of his hands as they lay on his knees in the firelight, and they seemed rather white and fine. But seeing them now close to me, I could not but notice that they were rather coarse, 
broad with squat fingers. Strange to say, there were hairs in the center of the palm. The nails were Ew. long. Right? And <laughs> I there's actually one little remark I have to make about this because this is a moment where Bram Stoker gets his werewolf mythology mixed up with his vampire mythology. Oh. Because vampires in no other story system or belief system have ever had hair in the center of their palms. Mm. But werewolves do. Got it. So interesting. The nails were long and fine and cut to a sharp point. I mean, what? That's like the most popular manicure today. (laughs) Like everybody's got that like weird claw like manicure today. Um, As the Count leaned over me and his hands touched me, I could not repress a shudder. It may have been that his breath was rank, but a horrible feeling of nausea came over me. (laughs) 19th century dentistry, baby, which, do what I would, I could not conceal. The Count, evidently noticing it, drew back, and with a grim sort of smile, which showed more than he had yet done his protuberant teeth sat himself down again on his side of the fireplace we were both silent for a while i mean awkward right and as i looked toward the window i saw the first dim streak of the coming dawn there Mm. seemed a strange stillness over everything but as i listened i heard as if from down below in the valley the howling of many wolves the count's eyes gleamed and he said Listen to them, the children of the night. What music they make. (laughs) Dude, get YouTube. I'm just saying. (laughs) Right. Seeing, I suppose, some expression in my face stranged him, he added, Ah, sir, you dwellers in city cannot enter into the feelings of the hunter. Yep. Then he rose and said... Uh, I'll do this one, then you can yeah. take it. <laughs> yep, yep. But you must be tired. Your bedroom is all ready, and tomorrow you shall sleep as late as you will. I mean, jet lag, right? Am I right? Carriage <laughs> lag. Kalesh lag. Uh, I have to be away till the afternoon, so sleep well and dream well. With a courteous bow, he opened for me himself the door to the octagonal room, and I entered my bedroom. Wow. I am all in a sea of wonders. I doubt. I fear. I think strange things which I dare not confess to my own soul. God keep me, if only for the sake of those dear to me. Wow. Damn. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, something doesn't feel right. (laughs) I should have gone with the country cottage... Airbnb listing. (laughs) You want to do this paragraph? Okay. May 7 or 7 May. We missed, wait, (laughs) missed the day. What the, we were on May 5th. What the hell happened on May 6th? I don't know. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, maybe he'll tell us. It is again early morning, but I have rested and enjoyed the last 24 hours. Okay, there we go. Thank you. I slept till late in the day and awoke of my own accord. When I had dressed myself, I went into the room where we had supped and found a cold breakfast laid out. The coffee kept hot by the pot being placed on the hearth. There was a card on the table on which was written... I have to be absent for a while. Do not wait for me. D. He designs it D. D. (laughs) I set to and enjoyed a hearty meal. When I had done, I looked for a bell so that I might let the servants know I had finished, but I could not find one. There are certainly odd deficiencies in the house, considering the extraordinary evidences of wealth which are around me. The table service is of gold... (laughs) And so beautifully wrought that it must be of immense value. The curtains and upholstery of the chairs and sofas and the hangings of my bed are of the costliest and most beautiful fabrics and must have been of fabulous value when they were made for the, they are centuries old, though in excellent order. I saw something of them, uh, something like them in Hampton Court, uh, but there they were worn and frayed and moth-eaten. But Mm. still in none of the rooms is there a mirror. Oh, there is not, snap. <laughs> mm-hmm, there is not even a toilette glass on my table, and I had to use the little shaving glass from my bag before I could either shave or brush my hair. Wow. Yeah. I have not yet seen a servant anywhere, 
And I mean, that's weird, yeah. you know, because yeah. like there's got to be this is not the time where, you know, you have the modern conveniences and one person can run a goddamn castle. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, uh, anywhere or heard a sound near the castle except the howling of wolves. Hi, Fenrir. <laughs> Fenrir is like, no, I don't hang with those guys. Just, <laughs> I'm, let's be clear. I don't hang with those boys. <laughs> Sometime after I had finished my meal, I do not whether, know whether to call it breakfast or dinner, for it was between five and six o'clock when I had it. What? Well, he slept most of the day. This is true. Okay. I looked about for something to read, for I did not like to go about the castle until I had the Count's permission. There was absolutely nothing in the room, book, newspaper, or even writing materials. So I opened another door in the room and found a sort of library. The door opposite mine I tried, but found it locked. Mm. In the library I found, to my great delight, a vast number of English books, whole shelves full of them and bound volumes of magazines and newspapers. A table in the center was littered with English magazines and newspapers, though none of them were of very recent date. The books were of the most varied kind, history, geography, politics, political economy, botany, geology, law, all relating to England and English life and customs and manners. There Ravenclaw. Even- Dracula <laughs> is a Ravenclaw. Dracula is a Ravenclaw, too. There were even such books of reference as the London Directory, the Red and Blue Books, Whitaker's Almanac, the Army and Navy Lists, and, it somehow gladdened my heart to see it, the Law List. Yeah. I mean, um, if he wasn't a vampire, I'm sure they would probably get along together really well. Right? <laughs> Whilst I was looking at the books, the door opened and the Count entered. He saluted me in a hearty way and hoped I had had a good night's rest. Then he went on, I'm glad you found your way in here, for I am sure there is much that will interest you. These companions, and he laid his hand on some of the books, have been good friends to me, and for some years past, ever since I had the idea of going to London, have given me many, many hours of pleasure. Though through them I have come to know your great England, and to know her is to love her. Really? Um, Let me suggest a book on pickup lines. (laughs) I long to go through the crowded streets of your mighty London to be in the midst of the whirl and the rush of humanity, to share its life, its change, its death. Oh, and all that makes it what it is. Yeah. But alas, as yet, I only know your tongue through books. To you, my friend, I look that I know it to speak. (laughs) But count... I said, you know and speak English thoroughly. He bowed gravely. I thank you, my friend, for your all too flattering estimate. But yet I fear I am but a little way on the road I would travel. True, I know the grammar and the words, but yet I do not know how to speak them. Indeed, I said, you speak excellently. Ah, not so, he answered. (laughs) Well, I know that did I move and speak in your London, none there who would not know me for a stranger. Eh? Uh, That is not enough for me. Here I am noble. I am a boyar. The common people know me and I am master. Mm. But a stranger in a strange land? Oh, hello, 20th century book called and wants its phrase back. (laughs) (laughs) He is no one. Men know him not. And to know not is to care not for. Uh, yeah, no, you do need to practice your English, buddy. Yeah. I am content if I am like the rest, so that no man stops if he see me, or pause in his speaking if he hear my words. Ha ha, a stranger. <laughs> I have been so long master that I would be master still, or at least that none other should be master of me. Meh. You come to me not alone as agent of my friend Peter Hawkins of Exeter, very important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Peter Hawkins of Exeter. Um, To tell me all about my new estate in London, you shall, I trust, rest here with me a while so that by our talking, I may learn the English intonation. And I would, I would that you tell me when I make error, you just did, (laughs) even of the smallest in my speaking. 
I am sorry that I had to be away so long today, but you will, I know, forgive one who has so many important affairs in hand, in hairy, palmed hand. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I said all I could about being willing and asked if I might come into that room when I chose. He answered, Yes, certainly. And added, added. (laughs) you may go anywhere you wish in the castle, except where the doors are locked. There, of course, you will not wish to go. There is reason that all things are as they are. And did you see with my eyes and know with my knowledge, you would perhaps better understand. (laughs) I said I was sure of this. And then he went on. We are in Transylvania. And Transylvania is not your England. (laughs) Our ways are not your ways, and there shall be to you many strange things. Nay, from what you've told me of your experiences already, you know something of what strange things there may be. Mm. (laughs) This led to much conversation, and as it was evident that he wanted to talk, if only for talking's sake, I asked him many questions regarding things that had already happened to me or come within my notice. Sometimes he sheared off the subject or turned the conversation by pretending not to understand, but generally he answered all I asked most frankly. Hmm. Then, as time went on and I had got somewhat bolder, I asked him of some of the strange things of the preceding night, as, for instance, why the coachman went to the places where he had seen the blue flames— He then explained to me that it was commonly believed that on a certain night of the year, last night, in fact, when all all evil spirits are supposed to have unchecked sway, a blue flame is seen over any place where treasure has been concealed. The treasure has been hidden, he went on. In the region through which you came last night, there can be but little doubt, for it was the ground fought over for centuries by the Wallachian, the Saxon, and the Turk. Why, there is hardly a foot of soil in all this region that has not been enriched by the blood of men, patriots or invaders. Some blood is better than others, but it's all good, it's all blood. (laughs) In old days, there were stirring times when the Austrian and the Hungarian came up in hordes and the patriots went out to meet them. Men and women, the aged and the children too, because fuck them if they want to live. And waited their coming on the rocks above the passes that they might sweep destruction on them with their artificial avalanches. When the invader uh, was triumphant, he found but little for whatever was had been sheltered in the friendly soil. Mm. But how, said I, can it have remained so long undiscovered when there is a sure index to it if men will but take the trouble to look? The Count smiled, and as his lips ran back over his gums, the long, sharp canine teeth showed out strangely, he answered. Because your present is at heart a coward and a fool. Those flames only appear on the one night, and on that night no man of this land will, if he can help it, stir without his doors. And, dear sir, even if he did, he would not know what to do. Why, even the peasant that you tell me who marked the place of the flame would not know where to look in daylight even for his own work. Even you would not. Uh, move your cursor. <laughs> I dare not be sworn, be able to find these places again. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we put our cursors along through the script. As yeah, we're and reading your name to pops kind of, up, and I'm like, wait, wait, yeah, wait, <laughs> to keep track of our place. And yeah, the sometimes the name pops up and it blocks the words, and it's like, oh shit. Um, okay. <laughs> this ain't no audible baby. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there you are right, I said. I know no more than the dead where even to look for them. <laughs> oh. Then, really? You had to go there, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> then we drifted into other matters. <laughs> Come, he said at last. Tell me of London and of the house which you have procured for me. With an apology for my remissness, I went to to my own room to get the papers from my bag. Whilst I was placing them in order, I heard a rattling of china and silver in the next room. And as I passed through, noticed that the table had been cleared and the lamp lit, for it was by this time deep into the 
dark. The -hmm. lamps were also lit in the study or library, and I found the Count lying on the sofa, reading of all things in the world, an English Bradshaw's Guide. (laughs) Look, the Count is nothing if not fucking thorough. Yep. When I came in and cleared the books and papers away from the table, and with him, I went into plans and deeds and figures of all sorts. He was interested in everything and asked me a myriad questions about the place and its surroundings. He clearly had studied beforehand all he could, uh, all he could get on the subject of the neighborhood, for he evidently knew, uh, for evidently at the end knew very much more than I did. When I remarked on this, he answered, well, but my friend, is it not needful that I should? Hmm? When I go there, I shall be all alone. And my friend, Harker Jonathan, nay, pardon me, I fall into my country's habit of putting your patronymic first. My friend, Jonathan Harker, will not be by my side to correct and aid me. I need my Jonathan Harker. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a emotional support Harker. <laughs> <laughs> he will be in the exit there with Peter fucking Hawkins. <laughs> miles away. Oh my God. Probably working at the papers of the law with my other friend, Peter Hawkins. So. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I'm writing a note. Title of this chapter Emotional Support Hawk. <laughs> Parker. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Emotional Support Hawk. we went thoroughly into the business of the purchase of the estate at perfleet i don't know if that's the correct pronunciation perfleet yeah i guess when i had told him the facts and got his signature to the necessary papers and written a letter with them ready to post to mr hawkins he began to ask me how i had come across so suitable a place I read to him the notes which I had made at the time and which I inscribe here. I'll read this part too. Mm -hmm. At Perfleet, on a by-road, I came across just such a place as seemed to be required, and where was displayed a dilapidated notice that the place was for sale. It is surrounded by a high wall of ancient structure rebuilt by the Romans, built of heavy stones. Repurposed from Hadrian's Wall. And has not been repaired for a large number of years. The closed gates are of heavy old oak and iron, all eaten with rust. The estate is called Carfax. <laughs> not only on can you state. sleep here you can check your automobile <laughs> registry here <laughs> no doubt a corruption of the old qu- qu- oh it's your favorite french word it's my favorite fucking french word god damn it quatre faces quatre faces four i don't know what face face side four sides okay mm-hmm. As the house is four-sided, oh. <laughs> agreeing with the cardinal points of the compass, it contains in all some 20 acres, quite surrounded by the solid stone wall above mentioned. There are many trees on it which make it in places gloomy, and there is a deep, dark-looking pond or small lake evidently fed by some springs, as the water is clear and flows away in a fair-sized stream. The house is very large, and of all periods back, I should say, to medieval times, for one part is of stone immensely thick, with only a few windows high up and heavily barred with iron. It looks like part of a keep, and is close to an old chapel or church. I could not enter it, as I had not the key of the door leading to it from the house, but I have taken with my Kodak views of it from various points. The house was the house has been added to, but in a very straggling way, and I can only guess at the amount of ground it covers, which must be very great. There are but few houses close at hand, one being a very large house only recently added to and formed into a private lunatic asylum. It is not, however, (laughs) there goes the property value from the grounds. Now, note that he mentions he took uh, Kodak views of it. 
Yeah. What's he took photographs like that? The 1890s, they were taking photographs. Yeah. Okay. Another deep dive topic. Mm -hmm. When I had finished, he said, I am glad that it is old and big. I myself have an. yeah, I myself am of an old family, and to live in a new house would kill me, literally kill me. <laughs> a house cannot be made habitable in the day, and after all, how few days to go make up a century. I rejoice also that there is a chapel of old times. We Transylvanian nobles love not to think that our bones may lie amongst the common dead because I'm a fucking snob. <laughs> I seek not gaiety nor mirth, nor the bright vol- voluptuousness of much sunshine and sparkling <laughs> waters which please the young and gay. I am no longer young, you could say that again, and right. my heart. Through very years of mourning over the dead that I ended up killing, but I still kind of feel bad, is not attuned to mirth. Moreover, the walls of my castle are broken, the shadows are many, and the wind breathes cold through the broken battlements and casements. I mean, have you seen the price of insulation lately? <laughs> I love the shade and shadow and would be alone with my thoughts when I may. Somehow his words and his look did not seem to accord, or else it was that his cast of face made his smile look malignant and saturnine. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Presently, with an excuse, he left me, asking me to put all my papers together. He was some little time away, and I began to look at some of the books around me. One was an atlas, which I found opened naturally at England, and if that map had been much used, oh, as if that map had been much used, on looking at it, I found in certain places little rings marked, and on examining these, I noticed that one was near London on the east side, manifestly where his new estate was situated. The other two were Exeter and Whitby on the Yorkshire coast. It was the better part of an hour when the Count uh, returned. Aha, he said, still at your books. Good, but you must not work always. Come, I am informed that your supper is ready. I am informed because I informed myself because I fucking cooked it myself. Right. He took my... He, he took my arm. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Got my streams, my streams crossed. Don't, don't cross the streams. Don't cross streams. Harker is Harker and Vlad is Vlad. <laughs> uh, he took my arm and we went into the next room where I found an excellent supper ready on the table. The Count again excused him as he had dined out on his uh, being away from home. But as he sat on the previous night and chatted whilst I ate. After supper, I smoked as on the last evening, and the Count stayed with me, chatting and asking questions on every conceivable subject hour after hour. I felt that it was getting very late indeed, but I did not say anything, for I felt under obligation to meet my host's wishes in every way. Boy, you need to learn oh, the cocktail save. Like, right. You know, when we're at a cocktail party and your girlfriend, like, gives you the eyes, like, and the smile, like, hi, yeah, come on over here, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. I was not sleepy, as the long sleep yesterday had fortified me, but I could not help experiencing that chill which comes over one at the coming of the dawn, which is, like, in its way, the turn of the tide. They say that the people who are near death die generally at the change to the dawn or at the turn of the tide. Anyone who has, when tired uh, and tied, as it were, to his post, experienced this change in the atmosphere can well believe it. Actually, I do believe that because Pod Dog wakes up literally two minutes after the sun has passed the horizon wow. in the morning. Like, uh, and I can feel it now. I can literally wake up and feel that happen. It's so freaky. All at once, we heard the crow of a cock coming up with the preternatural shrillness through the morning air. Count Dracula, jumping to his feet, said, Why? There is the morning again. How remiss I am to let you stay up so long. You must make your conversation regarding my dear new country of England less interesting, so I must not forget how time flies by us. And with a courtly (laughs) bow, he quickly left me. (laughs) <laughs> like oh shit <laughs> he's like bye <laughs> bye Felicia I'm yeeting out of here yeet <laughs> the original yeet <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I went into my own room and drew the curtains, but there was little to notice. My window opened into the courtyard. All I could see was the warm gray of quickening sky. So I pulled the curtains again and have <laughs> written of this day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. May 8 or 8 May. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We've missed. We skipped a day again. I swear. What happened to May 7th? I think uh, Yeah, right. Uh, okay. I began to fear as I wrote in this book that I was getting too diffuse. Diffuse? Wordy. Uh, no shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now I am glad that I went into detail from the first, for there is something so strange about this place and all in it that I cannot but feel uneasy. I wish I were safe out of it or that I had never come. It may be that this strange night existence is telling on me, but would that that were all. If there were anyone to talk to, I could bear it, but there is no one. I have only the Count to speak with, and he, I fear I am myself, the only living soul within the place, let me be prosaic so far as facts can be. So, Ravenclaw. It will help me to bear up, and imagination must not run riot with me. If it does, I am lost. Let me say at once how I stand— or seem to. I only slept a, fle a flu hour, bleh, a few hours when I went to bed, and feeling that I could not sleep anymore, got up. Okay. I had hung my shaving glass by the window and was just beginning to shave. Suddenly I felt a hand on my shoulder and I heard the Count's voice saying to me, Good morning. I started, for it amazed me that I had not seen him since the reflection of the glass covered the whole room behind me. In starting, I cut myself slightly, but not did not notice it at the moment. Yeah, same. I've done that. You know, you shave and you're like, oh, 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 look at that. I'm bleeding. Yep. Um, having answered the Count's salutation, I turned the glass turned to the glass again to see how I had been mistaken. This time there could be no error for the man was close to me and I could see him over my shoulder, but there was no reflection of him in the mirror. Damn. Like, I, I'm go. sorry, but like, ah. this is a little obvious, buddy. Right? Like, uh, yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the mirror. I'm looking at you. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yep. Um, the whole, uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, uh, the whole room behind me was uh, displayed, but there was no sign of a man in it except myself. This was startling, and coming on top of so many strange things was beginning to increase that vague fear of uneasiness, which I always have when the Count is near. But at the instant I saw that the cut had bled a little and the blood was trickling over my chin, I laid down the razor, turning as I did so half round to look at look for some sticking plaster. When the Count saw my face, his eyes blazed <laughs> with lust. I mean, a sort of demoniac fury. Uh, and he suddenly made a grab at my throat. Oh! I, I drew away, and his hand touched the string of beads which held the crucifix. Yeah, he was channeling a 90s Madonna before 90s. He was the original 90s Madonna. There you go. <laughs> 1890s Madonna. It made an instant change in him, for the fury passed so quickly that I could hardly believe it was ever there. Take Damn. care, he said. Take care how you cut yourself. It is more dangerous than you think in this country. Uh, and seizing the shaving glass, he went on. And this is the wretched thing that has done the mischief. It is a foul bubble of man's vanity. Away with it. And opening the heavy window with one wrench of his terrible hand, he flung out the glass, which was shattered into a thousand pieces on the stones of the courtyard far below. Um, you going to pay for that, buddy? Right. <laughs> then he withdrew without a word. It is very annoying, for I do not see how I am to shave, because that is the—that is what you're worrying about, Harker. Right. Really. Unless it, uh, in my watch case or the bottom of the shaving pot, which is fortunately of metal. Damn. <laughs> <sighs> okay. When I went into the dining room, breakfast was prepared, but I could not find the count anywhere. So I breakfasted, bre breakfasted. I ate breakfast alone. There you go. <laughs> it is strange <laughs> that as yet I have not seen the count eat or drink. He must be a very peculiar man. 
After breakfast, I did a little exploring in the castle. I went out on the stairs and found a room looking towards the south. The view was magnificent, and from where I stood, there was every opportunity of seeing it. The castle is on the very edge of a terrible precipice. A stone falling from the window would fall a thousand feet without touching anything. Basically, they're really high up. And yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not stepping up to that window. Yeah, nope. no, no, I'm good. I'll be back in the octagonal room thinking about what a pisser it is. I don't have a mirror anymore. Right. As far as the eye can reach is a sea of green treetops with occasionally a deep rift where there is a chasm. Here and there are silver threads where the rivers wind in deep gorges through the forests. But I am not in heart to describe beauty. Oh, really? Because you just right? did a whole fucking lot of it. <laughs> yeah. For when I had seen the view, I explored further. Doors, doors, doors everywhere. <laughs> and all locked and bolted. In no place save from the windows in, this, in the castle walls is there an available exit. The castle is a veritable prison. And I am a prisoner. Well, dun, that dun, escalated dun. fast, Harker. Really? Really? Wow. You didn't think, I mean, you're like, well, maybe shit's weird. I don't know. Yeah, no, shit's weird. I don't know. Is shit weird? <laughs> I don't know. Like, make yeah. up your fucking mind. Yeah. But that's yeah. where we'll stop for today. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like, wow. Okay. Yeah, this is fun. I hope everybody else is enjoying this as much as we are. And if not, we will continue the beatings until you do. <laughs> Ah, okay. What's up in the next chapter, Kate? Well, uh, coming up, Jonathan continues to be an angsty 13-year-old girl by writing in his diary no matter what happens. And <laughs> I don't know, if it was me, I'd be like, bitch, I'm a nap through this shit, but whatever. <laughs> also, Jonathan, despite the warnings to not do the thing, does the thing and then writes about it in his diary. Oh, of course he does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Of course. Can't wait. So, yeah. And don't forget to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. That's right. For the month of October, we have a special drunk Dracula gals tier for $1. You can get these Dracula episodes sooner. But wait, there's more. You also get access to all our other Lit Crit Hour episodes. That's right. And thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, hey, so um, you want to go take this business trip and actually deliver some real estate papers because we don't have DocuSign and, you know, you go to a castle and this guy's being kind of weird. And maybe he actually goes for your throat, but you're like, you know, I was probably exaggerating and imagining things, but maybe I'm not because I'm a prisoner. I don't know. <laughs> Finally, always remember, if the undead can behave badly, so can you. 